to Punta Vista. My name is Andrew, and I'm here outside of a big convention hall um, with my friend, my friend with a big brain. It is Theo. How are you doing, Theo? Hey, good. Um, it is in pain. It's throbbing? Mm. <laughs> Pulsating, I, I think, is more accurately descriptive of it. Um, right. So yeah. I'm just going to close close Twitter. Um, <laughs> probably should have done that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, look... I think I am closing Twitter now, so we're on to a... I'm improving, all right? Trying to get my my big old pulsating brain in the game. Yeah, you got to try and stop absorbing absolutely all of the information at the same time, especially because so much of it is terrible. I would say a lot of it's terrible. The information we got these these days, folks, is just no good. Don't like any it. of it. No, we got to get some better information. Mm. Uh, now, Theo's wondering why we're here. At this big convention hall, there's um, a lot of people here. A lot of a lot of people, surprising amount of people, um, and his brain is throbbing extra hard because he feels like he might be in the presence of some other brainiacs, and that is because Lucy has brought us to our first ever Mensa convention because oh, she my is goodness. a registered oh the Mensa convention. <laughs> That's right, Mensa convention. Mensa convention. <laughs> Cannot think uh, of anything worse. Here to do some uh, Mensa, Mensa rights activism. <laughs> That's right. Now, Lucy, Lucy, I just want to confirm that you mm. are a you are a registered member of Mensa. Mm. Unfortunately, <laughs> this is a thing that I thought would be funny. Turns out, this, like, not once so a funny year. in practice. <laughs> no, no, it's Lucy. I assure you, it's very funny. <laughs> I do have she a membership card that I could post to win, a, <sighs> like to win an argument on Twitter.com. Yes, I'm sure yes. everyone really respects it. Okay, okay. I just wanted to confirm first that you are in fact a, a card so carrying, literal, mm. literal card carrying member of Mensa, and you brought us here to this. How do you Mensa get convention. in? Do they measure your brain? <laughs> they do. They get out the big old calipers. Yep. <laughs> so, um. So, it's funny that you've brought us here because I was just reading today about a comedian named Jamie Loftus. Um, she hosts uh, the Bechdel cast podcast, uh, does funny videos and stuff, um, has a bit where she slowly eats an entire copy of Infinite Jest, um, some things like that. And That's she's also bit. done some bits of journalism. And she recently did a series of articles for Paste uh, after she got into Mensa and decided to see what it was like. Mm. Let me tell so, you, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, up until now, I thought it would be a cool place to hang out and have fun. You would think that, wouldn't you? You would think yeah. that people who need their IQs measured are like a just a barrel of fun. Oh, man, I got to... I want to assemble this for a tweet at some point, but have you seen, like... Have you ever just Googled, like, IQ on Quora? Because there's dozens or hundreds of questions on there that's like um i did an iq test online and it told me i have an iq of 165 <laughs> yeah. but i'm not good at maths <laughs> uh is it just so that good. i have a brain that's too smart for, for maths i love quora it's the best place on the internet we should really be doing more quora questions on the show oh, i reckon it's a gold mine so good. Um, we'll get I into that I assume that any question about IQ on Quora is followed by 150 replies of people explaining why IQ tests are very legitimate. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like there Especially is very online little ones. there's very little questioning of this person's IQ going on. <laughs> Just going like, "No, no, no, what you have is a case of the hypergenius where your brain <laughs> uh, it just it's goes beyond space and time." That's right. I, I assume that anybody who gives themselves this kind of IQ test believes the results and then hears something like that from the third party says, oh, you have Rain Man thing. <laughs> um, you have Rain Man thing. Rain Man eyes. Yeah, you, you are an idiot savant. Mm-hmm. You, uh, the, the thing you're bad at, math, that's mm-hmm. due to the idiot part. But anything that you're good at, that's the savant part. Sorted. So, so there is an article in The New Yorker by uh, Kat Zhang which runs down some of what Loftus learned in Mensa, beginning with her finding, quote, a reactionary, proudly unmoderated official Facebook group of American Mensons called Firehouse uh, that plays host to things like crude memes mocking Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, mm-hmm. bad faith anti-trans bathrooms opinions, and support for building a border wall. Yeah, I'm that not sounds surprised. like my experience also. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, they also mention other things like um, posts arguing for the benefits of American slavery and human trafficking. Um, all of which was enough to make Loftus want to, quote, understand this living, breathing, hostile comments section by then going to last year's Phoenix-held American Mensa gathering. Oh, no. <laughs> Brain juggalos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds so awful. They're all those kinds of people. They're like, mm, I'm an intellectual. Why don't we have a debate about whether murdering babies is good, actually? <sighs> And this and this immediately like slides sideways into the ephebophilia conversation. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like um, sliding into ephebophilia. So you'll be pleased to know that Jamie Loftus has made a podcast out of this called My Year in Mensa. Oh, great. Uh, documenting her interactions with these other people. So please check that out. And thank you for bringing us to this alt-right uh, racism brain conference, Lucy. You're so welcome. Go get something out of that Mensa membership, you know? Mm. I'm going to go straight in here and get myself a fat dose of the corona. Mm. Yes, please. Get, get myself 19 shades of COVID, you know? How about that coronavirus? It's popping off. It's I'm a not little great. uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable. I don't like anything <laughs> right now. Yeah. It's, um, it's hard not to have like a slight feeling of dread. Uh, Just a particularly little one. if yeah like i guess what i'm what i'm struggling with a lot is trying to allow my brain to reasonably triangulate between things that our government is saying which just uh, not been a lot until today not a lot yeah uh things that the government is saying which from various uh western governments has been a lot of hey everybody just relax and go to your favorite business you know um, there's been a lot of that, followed shortly afterwards by, oh, ah, fuck, um, as things start to actually happen. Um, so so that's that's one, um, one side of the triangle. And then another side of the triangle is all of the things that you're seeing on social media. So whether it be all of the sold-out stores from panic buying and all that sort of stuff. Or I'm seeing a lot of like accounts of what it's like in the hardest hit areas of Italy and stuff like that but they're all from like Facebook posts and they're all from someone who's like I'm a I'm a like registered nurse or a doctor who is here in the epicenter of this pandemic in Italy um I I, I speak very good English apparently and here I am mm-hmm. doing a Facebook post about it and like all of them sort of make me go I sort of have to take this with a massive grain of salt because I have no fucking idea where it came from. That's true. Like, who knows what's which, going on? There's a lot of, it's just a lot of misinformation. Well, yeah, but then that is sort of in direct conflict with the idea that, like, the government is going to be counterbalancing all of this with looking at, hey, this isn't going to have too much of an impact on businesses, is it? We wouldn't want to have to cancel the Grand Prix. Uh, and all that kind of shit. We don't want people to panic and all that sort of stuff. So they're kind of trying to to balance the two. Whereas you're getting stuff from other sources that's like, no, everybody should be very panicked. Well, not even panics, just acting quicker, just doing yeah, doing just, something yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, me and wife of the show, my wife Eleanor, we've been talking a lot over the last several days about um, whether or not I'm going to keep going into the office. Because I I work from home some of the time. Like I, I think I was saying this on the last episode. I'm very, very lucky in that I work from home. I work with a bunch of remote teams and things like that. So most of my meetings are like remote anyway, even if I'm in the office. Uh, so like there isn't a need for me to be there in the building. Uh, and I brought this up at work and said, Hey, uh, what if we just started working from home now? Because they're, they're sort of, they're already saying to us, be prepared for the eventuality that we will close the offices and you will just be working from home from then on. And it just sort of makes me go, well, if you've, if you've decided it's like an inevitability, then just do it now. Yeah, it's I weird. I feel yeah, like Australia's yeah, why, why, a little behind to... on this, this kind yeah. of response. Why, why be worried about being too early in reacting to a pandemic um Uh, which is certainly like the thing that you can the same you can tar the the government with the same brush right where they're clearly 
afraid of um, being seen as like just being too early, too scared, or all this sort of stuff. When you know clearly that's that's where we should be instead of being too cautious. Can we can we date this episode? Is that can we drive a little sign in? Oh, in case it all goes that? crazy. In the next well, we kind of need to because things yeah. are changing so things are much changing every so twenty four hours. That, that's right. So we we didn't really have much of a much of a response at all from the federal government um, until basically later on today. This is Sunday, the fifteenth of of March, um, and even during the day, it changed. They had um, the the chief medical officer of Australia, Brendan Murphy, uh, and uh, Greg Hunt on Insiders this morning. Very bizarre scenes as they asked um, the the two of them whether they needed to be uh, tested for coronavirus, having been in the presence of Peter Dutton, um, who, who has, has coronavirus, the coronavirus, who has Finally, coronavirus some now, good news. Uh, which we're which we're not allowed to crow about. Um, yes, we are. And we are on this podcast. <laughs> Fuck that guy. And uh, and they're like, well, we don't really know. Who's who's to say whether we should be tested or not, or whether we're. And it's like, no, it's no, like you, you should. You you you're the guy, and you've got all the doctors there. So what? And they were still not ready to say, hey, um, let's not shake hands and stuff, right? Like, let's put those put those things in place until later today. And it is like, you know, we've. I'm sure everyone who's listening to this has been in, you know, various workplaces or, or you know, talk to spouses or, or all this sort of stuff about all of the things that are going on in, like, real life to try and halt the spread. Like you said, Andrew, like, you know, you're looking at working from home and all that sort of stuff, but that was last week, you know, and we're talking about this stuff and the federal government's only just now still trying to work out whether you should shake hands with people. Well, can I can I give a good example of... Something that, from the Australian perspective, was like heavily influenced by the indecisiveness, because um, because I, I find this very similar to like other other areas of policy that the government deals with, in that they do a lot of like, hmm, what would be good is if we didn't have to do anything and this problem fixed itself, uh, and then they wait for way too long and then they eventually jump on it, but um. But like it was, it was becoming increasingly clear over the previous week that we were going to have to enact the same kinds of measures that are happening all around the world, which is stop doing public events and mass gatherings, right? And so I, I talked about this on I think the previous episode where I was like I was trying to decide if I should go to the football on Friday. It's Sunday now. This is on Friday. The day before, I was like, yeah, it's fine to my friends. No, that, that feels like a decade ago to me. Sure 24 does. hours later, 24 hours later, I was saying to my friend, I was like, I, I think like all these places are shutting down events over like a couple of hundred people. Maybe the, the good thing to do as a responsible member of society is to just not go to something like this right now, you know? Um, and we all just decided not to go. And there was also the the Grand Prix, which is happening over the weekend, you know, event that a lot of people travel from all around the world to be at. And this was a thing where they said, um, hey, maybe we're going to cancel it. And then they said, no, we're not going to cancel it. And then they said, yes, we're going we're, we're gonna to go ahead, but we're not going to let anyone in. Mm. So we'll broadcast the thing, but yeah. we won't have crowds at the thing. They're, they're making all of these calls like in the sort of 24 to 48 hours leading to this thing starting. Um, they, they get all the way up to we're not going to have anybody inside the venue to yes, we are going to let people into the venue to having people queuing up to get in and saying actually the entire thing is cancelled. Um, and I think that was once the McLaren team pulled out entirely. Uh, and it makes you wonder, hey, if maybe on Friday, it was either Friday or Saturday when the government said, we're going to, we're going to encourage all events of over 500 people to be cancelled, um, as of Monday. And this is the perfect encapsulation of what we're talking about is why, why would you say, um, we think that gr- gatherings of over 500 people are dangerous in two days from now. Hmm. 
Mm. Yeah, and, in and two days, Scott, this is really going to be popping off. Yeah, and Prime Minister Scott Morrison said, but I'm going to go out to the footy on Sunday. Making everyone go, what? He was like, oh, yeah, because I won't get to go to one for a while, so I'll mm. want to go to this. Makes yeah. sense. It's just it's going to be dangerous starting be now. be more Australian, you know? Isn't that what he I, said? I read an incredibly confusing column on the Sydney mm. Morning Herald that was the guy saying like, Oh, yeah, you know, he likes to, to glad and people and everything like that. He's showing that we shouldn't panic. And also, I heard him saying, uh, I know all about viruses and I'm not going to stop shaking anyone's hand. He's just going to get it. They're all going to get it. All the world leaders are getting it. And I think Trump also has it. They're all going to get it. I mean, I've... I've yeah, and, and the Trump thing is very similar in that he, like Morrison, has been very directly exposed to, to like, multiple people. Who he apparently are had a negative test, but I watched the presser that he gave the other day, Trump. He's, like, unwell. He is sick. Yeah, he's white-knuckling through that. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you guys seen, like, the videos of... Um, I've, I've just been seeing all these different videos of, of like... Uh, one, one was uh, a prime minister or a premier or something at like CPAC a week or two ago and he looked like he was dying. Yeah, there's a whole, there's a whole genre of them um, and especially um, guys that are either like midway through a presser saying that there's nothing to panic about with coronavirus and they're just like Red coughing eyes. directly on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Little sneezing and shit. All those things like CPAC and stuff that they said, no way, we're definitely going ahead with this. And it's like, good job, everybody. I don't think yep. of anything oh, worse. Go. I feel like any like Comic-Con type scenario I've ever been to, I've gotten sick. Oh. It just happens every time. And that's what's going to happen to all these people. Yep. And uh, I mean, I, I was reading again, I don't know how, how like... I don't know how many grains of salt exactly I'm meant to be taking each of these things with. I was reading the notes from like a university panel with a, with like an immunologist and their epidemiologists and stuff like that. And, um, and yeah, they were saying like, no, no, at this point there is no containment. Like it's out, it's in hundreds of countries. Mm-hmm. There's no containment or anything. The only thing we can do is hope to slow the rate of infection Um because of the stress that it puts on the medical system, if everybody's getting sick simultaneously, uh, you know, you you have limits in hospitals on things like number of beds, number of like respirators, and all that sort of shit. Yeah, and you do also want to, at some point, um, reach a a stage of herd immunity, right? So herd immunity, I guess, is where you can, where enough people have some sort of of immunity to it. So that society as a whole can block coronavirus, um, you know, influenza, whatever it may be, from getting to uh, the immunosuppressed, the the elderly, all that sort of stuff, because it's not able to get its tendrils like deep enough at that point, right? So yes, you want to although... kind of reach that point where it's like forty, seventy percent have had have have had it, um, and it sort of has a little barrier around people, but it's. So these these guys were estimating that it's going to take like 12 to 18 months for the herd immunity stuff to happen, assuming that a vaccine is not developed, which it doesn't look like is going to happen anytime soon. Um, 12 to 18 months for a herd immunity to develop, and that's after something like uh, 60 to 80% of the US population gets infected mm-hmm. over, over that time. And again, the entire point is just about saying how long can we stretch that out? Yeah, putting the putting the brakes on it. Although, so the you know, people you s- in danger aren't all arriving at the hospital at the same time. Yeah. Um, which again makes me makes me sort of go, well, why why bother waiting to attempt to slow this down? If if you are like me and in an incredibly privileged position where you can say to your work, I'm just not gonna come in for a week or two while we see what's going on. Mm. If um, that's you at home, please do the same thing. If you please have the ability, and not everybody does. Uh, yeah. we, we've we also just been talking about whether or not we're going to start keeping our kids home from school this week. Um, because again, if I'm working from home all day, uh, someone's at home all day and my kids can be home. It's not a situation like where, you know, if we want our kids to stay home from school, you have to like have babysitters or you have to stay home from work yourself and not make money or like Mm. so many so many people find themselves in that situation or in the case of if they do actually decide at some point to shut schools 
um, which they may well do soon. Which they should, probably. Uh, Yeah, except for the knock-on effect that has on all the people who work in the medical industry. So, if you have kids and also a shift at the hospital, yeah, and you don't have anywhere to send your kids, so it's all bad. Yeah, so it's kind of all bad, and um, and yeah, I think from our perspective, we're just kind of looking at it and saying, what is basically the only thing that is within our control at this point to say we're going to do our part for society by just going out as little as possible over the next couple of weeks and, you know, monitoring everything and seeing how it goes. Stay indoors. Howard Hawks fingernails. Mm-hmm. Watch some anime. <laughs> get, get severely <laughs> addicted to anime. Mm-hmm. Catch up on all your anime shows. There's plenty to do at home. Oh. <laughs> Maybe i got to watch that uh, at JoJo's. Oh, you've got to watch JoJo. Make it, your, make it your coronavirus event. Well, I think I watched some of it and I was like... What's the deal? Um, because I'd seen like pictures. I'd seen pictures of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, I believe it's mm-hmm. called. Um, I'd seen some pictures and I was like, that looks pretty fly. And I watched like the first several episodes of the first season. And I was like, this is all just old timey guys in Victorian era. Oh my God, it's so good though. It's just crazy. Well, it didn't get crazy. Like the guy maybe put a mask on for a minute, but mm-hmm. um, but after reading the Wikipedia synopsis, uh, every season is like a different era in the history of this one family. Yeah. Every every season control. is like a different a different descendant of the same guy, and it like ends up being in the far future and shit like that. I, was I like, can't believe that this show has now devolved into giving plot synopsises of anime. <laughs> JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Just several minutes of it. Just saying. We're all cooped uh, up, going crazy sounds like out it here. Sounds like it goes nuts later on, you know. And if I if I am in the privileged position of being able to stay home and pretend I'm mm. working while I watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure on my second monitor, um, that's fine. That is fine. But not everybody is in that position. Not everybody can that's uh, true. opt to What's stay home. What's uh, your testing scenario in Australia? Do you know what the what the guidance is right now? Nope. Cool. I don't. I mean, we were just, uh, me and my wife were just talking about um, a friend of hers who I think is a nurse who was like, yeah, we just had somebody come in who um, was like sneezing and uh, feverish and stuff and their son had just come back from Hong Kong two oh, weeks earlier no. and they didn't test her. She said, so I don't know who the fuck we're testing. This is no, all well, I'm they're... reading, is that people are trying to get tests and basically being told no. Um, Brendan Murphy, again, um, yesterday has said that we are basically headed for a shortage of test kits. So, Great. it's probably not likely that you can just go and um, get yourself tested in, in general. I think they're going to have to be directed about it. But again, it's it's hard to know without, like any direction from the government. So, cool. It's all going well. um, As you can imagine, it's going equally well over here. Nothing on the shelves? Pretty much, yeah. I think uh, the Trump administration finally announced that people will be able to get a test for free, but I think it's just the same scenario where it's just been in denial for a while. They did a bailout over a trillion dollars in the stock market or whatever. I don't know how stocks work, but uh, there was money for that. I believe it was uh, $1.5 trillion to uh, correct a uh, like massive crash in the stock market by a tiny bit for about half an hour before it went straight back down to where it was. That's right. I bought a share the other day. <laughs> I decided it was time to buy low. What a great time to get into the market. That's right. Yeah, I own into one Bitcoin. share mm, Great idea. Oh, God. Um, Theo... <laughs> I wound up <laughs> uh, absolutely sucker for punishment. I wound up just going and like falling uh, falling down a well into uh, Bitcoin recession Twitter. <laughs> How all, was it? All the, just like, you know, obviously there's been a massive crash and everything like that. Scott Adams is upset, which always makes me happy. Well, there's just a lot of people. Maybe this is why I saw it in the first place, because you were liking something to do with fucking Scott Adams being pissed off about Bitcoin and shit. He, he was he was like telling Bitcoin people that they were idiots, right? If I recall correctly. I think that, yeah, I think 
they've they've been turning on each other because that's what happens when the line goes down. Mm. Yeah, line um, go down. When when line go up, they're jubilant. When line go down, then it's every man for himself, and it is all just men. And, and of course, of course, um, you know the whole thing. All these people have been telling themselves about Bitcoin the whole time was, yeah, but Bitcoin's great because it's completely different to all the other kinds of currency and money. Yeah, it crashes harder, baby. Yeah, and then there's like massive stock market crash, big mm-hmm. recession, uh, yeah. completely tanks, and they're just like, no, 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 no. What you don't understand is that um, we never said it was like global recession proof. If everything goes down, then of course that's going to go down too. And it's like, cool, then what's the fucking point? No, well, it goes down faster because when you enter a recession <laughs> or you go into a bear market, people start to sell off their riskier investments, right? of which everybody sees Bitcoin as a riskier investment. So that's what gets sold off first, and then line go down. Line go down. I like it when the line go down. <laughs> Sorry to yeah. anyone that lost their fortunes in stonks. In, in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. There's, um, yeah, it was, it was very good to see all of the... Um, all of the people doing like lots of smug posting about why people who are sad that they lost all their money on Bitcoin again are idiots because they don't understand the long-term gain that they're going to get from having Bitcoin. Yeah. And um, and basically, like, it's... You can just always... You can go and find uh, these people all, all confirming all of their own beliefs to each other in ways that basically say, no matter what happens with Bitcoin, whether the line go up, whether the line go down, whether the line go down and keep going down, uh, you have made the right decision and are very smart for investing in Bitcoin. <laughs> you should feel good about it and you should get your Mensa card. That's right. What they don't understand, see, is that you've got to buy low and then what you want to do is you want to sell high. Huh. I'm something of an investor myself, so uh, I understand. Yeah, all these people who are like, uh, yeah, like when when Bitcoin um, crashes, it crashes pretty hard. But when it's bullish, it's super bullish. It's like, yeah, well, congratulations on losing all your money. I don't know what to tell mm-hmm. you. <laughs> um, yeah, or, uh, just a lot of people trying to work out different explanations for how uh, this is not this is like a a fine and normal thing to happen for something that you wanted to replace other currency with you know people pointing out uh hey that's what happened with gold before as well all these people like bought a whole bunch of gold as an alternative currency in case uh fiat currency went wrong and then fiat currency crashed and then the gold crashed as a result because everything lost all its value at the same time they were like exactly this is different though bitcoin good Anyway, speaking of people who do not have the privilege to work from home, Mm. uh, so anybody who works in retail, perhaps, anybody who works in hospitality, anybody who works at a third place, uh, places that do like horse riding tours. Sure. uh, Zip lining places. Someone's got to have the zip line place open. Mm -hmm. It's a human Uh, right. What's another place? Oh, people People who rent bouncy castles are going to be taking a hit. Uh, if you're the guy whose job it is to hit the go button on the Tower of Terror at Dreamworld. What a probably, dream job. You're going you're gonna to be having a very uncalloused finger for the near future. If you're the person whose job it is to fish all the decapitated heads no. out of the... No. <laughs> oh, no. Too no. soon. <laughs> out of the Dreamworld. No. No? No, I'm still I, I I remember that about once a month, and that's perhaps some of the most displeased. awful news I've ever read. <laughs> um, in fairness, though, Theo, as we established on the last bonus episode, something that you think is quite recent probably took place in 2003. Oh man, it's it's so long ago at, at this point. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Okay. Okay. You you guess. I'll look it up and no, we'll no, figure you, out. Yeah. Okay. I'm I think we'll figure out if it occurred in 2016. Um. Sorry. Are you saying you think it was 2017? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um. No, it was 2016. So you know, uh-huh. four years ago. Four years ago. 
Oh, speaking of the... Okay. Uh, according to the inquest, the Dreamworld deaths could have been prevented by press of a button. They could have just got the guy from the Tower well, of Terror thing. Well, fuck that though. guy. Fuck the Tower of Terror guy for not doing his job properly. I you don't had, care if you get coronavirus. You had one job, you know? Remember that? I'd, I'm not yeah. entering into this. Mm-mm. You had one button to press. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. If you're any of these people, you can't just stay home. You're going to get fucked up. And more than likely, if you are in any of these kinds of jobs, um, you're probably a casual employee too. You're probably getting dicked down by the man who is not giving you your entitlements. He's not giving you your leave. He's not giving you your sick leave, Mm. which you might need now more than ever. Um, Instead, what you get is loading. You get uh, some more money, which theoretically... You're supposed to put aside... As Which a is bunch very of funny. Shitty people online are saying. Which is very funny. So in Australia, the theory is that if you are a casual employee, it means that you don't have a permanent job. Uh, so basically, you can be let go at any time. With depending on your contract, say one hour to five days of notice. You know, um, you yeah, you don't get any holidays or anything like that. Um, but you do get. Uh, a 20% higher rate of pay than you would get if you were in a salaried position with the theory being that you put aside that money yourself. Um, Number one, I'm quite certain that there would be lots of places that would simply reduce the base rate that we're going to pay you by 20% and then say, here, uh, that's your casual rate. Um, But then outside of that, that's also just not really how life works for most people. You know, it certainly it's, isn't. It's pretty hard to get mm-hmm. your paycheck and say, 20% of that off to the side in this neat little piggy bank that I will simply not touch. I would also point out that Australia's underemployment rate is higher now than it has been in the last like 50 years or so. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, so when you're a casual employee, uh, chances are that you are also underemployed yes. and not, not getting the hours you need to, to survive in the first place. Uh, luckily, our Attorney General, big dumb fucking shithead, Christian Porter, has come in here to suggest via The Guardian that the higher rate of hourly pay that casual workers receive mean that many will have, quote, already made provisions if forced to take two weeks of unpaid leave because of the coronavirus crisis. And the government will not, quote, jump to a solution in anticipation of a problem. <laughs> who would think Who would think that people who don't get paid if they don't go to work would have a problem if forced to not go to work indefinitely? What a, what a great quote. What a piece of shit. Just a huge <sighs> piece of shit. The government will not jump to a solution in anticipation of a problem. You the could problem just that is frame that happening. and nail it on the wall. You know these guys always jumping to solutions whether or not anything's happening. I'm not going to hit the brakes before I need to stop, all right? (laughs) I'll wait until I just need to stop. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. I'll stop at the exact moment that I'm stopping. I'll stop when, I don't know, when... I'll stop when I need to stop, all right? Uh, Continuing from The Guardian here, as the government struggles to answer what solutions it's putting in place for Australia's 3.3 million unsecured workers who do not receive sick leave entitlements, Porter told the ABC he did not expect it to be a universal problem. What a dumb bitch. What (laughs) a dumb bitch. Uh, Quote, many people would have already made provisions for that because, of course, the purpose of casual employment is that you're paid extra in lieu of those types of entitlements, he said. Thank you, Professor. Here's your Mensa card. Mm, hand over that Mensa card. I think actually that the purpose of casual employment is to make it really easy to fucking fire you if there is the slightest downturn in profit from your capitalist overlords. Mm-hmm. Also, most casual workers are making like 20 to $25 an hour, you know? This isn't for people that have a huge amount of excess money to put to the side. Look, I'll, I'll say this. For the, for the last couple of years, um, I had been contracting, which is a very different thing in, I don't know, whatever whatever you would say I do. Um, it's a very different thing than it is to like working in hospitality or the service industry, any, any of these kinds of things. Um, the contracts are like they are actual contracts of employment as opposed to 
hey, you work here on like a casual workplace agreement and we'll we'll let you know when we want you to come down, you know, um, and higher rates and all that sort of stuff. Um, but like even then, even on a even on what is like the the equivalent to a good salary, we still couldn't just put that money away. Like it's fucking impossible. Mm-hmm. We we got we got kids. We got cars. We got to put petrol in. We got like you got to pay your registration. You got to pay your your electricity bill. You got to like buy clothes for your kids. All the normal shit. Uh, and that's like. That's not even really including things like that. All the times that you take your car to get serviced, and they go, "By the way, you need a new gearbox," or the times that you go to the dentist and they say, "By the way, we need to replace several of your teeth," mm-hmm. or any of those things that come up as a part of very normal life for people. When you lose all your money on your Bitcoin investment, yeah, it's all kinds of shit. I put all our money in Bitcoin. <laughs> Revoke right. my Mensa card. <laughs> Yeah, like so. So even even for people who live in uh, relative comfort and security, like us, it is still virtually impossible to take your paycheck each pay and say, "Hey, let's just snip twenty percent off that, put it over to the side of here." And if we need it, what we'll do is simply not use it. Like life just doesn't fucking work like that. Yeah. <sighs> uh, he goes on to say. I'm a big dumb bitch. Uh, No, Mm -hmm. he goes on to say, if it is the case that large numbers of people in particular industry sectors by virtue of the casual nature of their employment are having these types of problems and that is something we're aware could happen, that is something that can be responded to likely through the welfare system, but there might be other options. We'll stop when we need to stop. Just gross. (sighs) Just a bunch of really gross, cruel bullshit. Hugely frustrating. Um, I guess this is also especially frustrating to see how disproportionately um, the pandemic is affecting and will continue to very severely affect um, like underemployed people, unemployed people, uh, disabled people, casually employed people, all that kind of thing. Because I feel like we've just had several years of uh, wall-to-wall media coverage in Australia of both um, large financial institutions just stealing from people on a massive, massive scale uh, and nothing happening as a result. Remember when all those banking executives went to jail? It's just fine. They just get to pay the money back and say, oops, we're sorry. We're sorry. Sorry. We made a whoopsie-whoop. I feel like criminal charges were recommended through one of those inquiries. Nothing happened. Um, like, yeah, a couple of banking executives resigned, but got to have like uh, multi-million dollar golden parachutes and everything. Uh, so we've had all of that. We've had all of like, uh, you know, people just fucking stealing from people at every other level of society. And then we've also had the multi-year rolling wage scandal out of the restaurant industry, specifically. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had it in other casual industries as well. I mean, like, again, let's look at this idea from Christian Porter that like, no, it's fine. Uh, these people get extra money in lieu of the holidays that they're making when they work casually. So they'll be totally fine. Remember, just like all those workers at Seven Eleven. Oh, yeah. Uh, Remember all those workers at 7-Eleven where the franchise owners took their passports and basically made them indentured slaves and paid them like a fraction of minimum wage? Uh, And that was cool. Um, Shit happens in Australia so much. I'm amazed (sighs) that Australians are just not more angry at everything. Like... uh, Yeah, should have been fucking bricks through the windows of every 7-Eleven in the country after that. You would think that that might encourage them to say... Oh, we might need to do something about this. Um, there, there was the. Uh, I was just reading about the guy, fucking what's his name, Justin Hems, uh, the Merivale Restaurant Group guy, uh, Sydney surfer dipshit, yeah. um, and his his whole thing has has completely gone under now. Um, 
uh, it is Justin Hems. So I was reading a thing the other day about how they they had like a whole complex bookkeeping set up at their place where employees had to scan their thumbprint on the way in and out of the building. Uh, and the average employee, I believe, was salaried for 38 hours a week um, and worked like 80 hours a week. And this thing actually logged the number of unpaid hours every employee did. Wow. So, you know how they're always like, oh, the system's so complicated. It's so hard to... Oh, no. Is it? Is it, though? It's like weird because you managed to specifically keep track of the hours you weren't oh, paying so people good. for. Just an incredible self-own. Just being so stupid. Hand in your Mensa card, sir. Well, they reckon that they uh, may have underpaid their workers $126 million. That's pretty that is, cool. That is an obscene amount of money. It's a lot of money. Restaurateurs love to do this. I guess what I'm saying is... Um, it's all good and well to say, hey, restaurant workers get paid uh, more than they would if they were in like a permanent salary job. So they'll be fine, except for the fact that most of them already don't get paid for the fucking hours they work. Uh, Theo, do a, do a math for us. Mm. If, if you are working a, if you're working a standard 38 hour, if you're, if you're salaried for a standard 38 hour week. Uh-huh. But you're actually working, say, 80 hours. Yeah. Um, how much of a percentage is that that's been clipped off your wages before you even get to the point of having right, a 20% so loading on top? train leaves <laughs> Brisbane, traveling at 30, 39 kilometers an hour. Mm. Um, Are we rounding up there? What's going on? I, um, that's uh, that's got to be like upwards of... Uh, it's at least 10. 10 or 12%. Mm. Huh. It's a lot. Very fucking cool. Um, and of course, all of this type of stuff is led by dipshits like celebrity chef George Columbaris. Remember this dickhead? Bitch. Oh, this sucks. Egg-headed motherfucker. Um, hey, this is from The Australian. Apparently, George Columbaris' hospitality empire had been operating in the red for almost four years when it collapsed last month, with its losses since 2016 amounting... To a massive $20.7 million. So, remember how... This was the timeline that I remember of the George Calabara stuff. I think it was 2016 when uh, like stuff first got raised of people saying, Hey, we're not being paid properly. And his business said, Hey, we're fixing that and everyone should be happy. Stop asking us questions. And then the news, like, kept coming out about all this stuff. And they were like, oh, that's weird. We thought we fixed that little hiccup with our books. You know, we got in there. We got out the, the green, you know, the green accounting visor. What was that for? Yeah, and you type in the numbers in. Uh, you pull the big lever. Oh, I dream of jacks a whole bunch of paper lever. out. Oh. Why's the uh, no? I, I got to go back to the visor for a minute. We really got to get like big levers for our computers. You just got to pull it every time you want to send an email. You know what the problem horn. is? That's nice in theory, but what you wind up is one of those fucking USB nuclear launch buttons. You know, mm. and that's not cool. It's not cool. Uh, so anyway, we we did all our accounting and we fixed it, and everything was great and perfect, except it kind of wasn't. Um, they did manage, uh, within the last year of being an operation to like completely rebrand and re-outfit like their four biggest businesses, I think. Um, because that part was apparently very easy to jump all over and everything. And yeah, now it turns out that basically they had been operating, uh, at a loss, which I understand to be illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good for them. Uh, yeah, so uh, apparently that's a whole thing. Is um, But when you say illegal, are we talking um, like people go to jail illegal? Like as if you'd, you know... Talking about like illegal for people with money. Dine it's and a different kind of illegal. Oh, okay. If you're rich so, enough, you can do crimes, as we know. Mm-hmm. Also, I kind of... 
it doesn't seem like anybody is able to run a an a restaurant empire. It seems like every single restaurant empire in Australia is run under. by the biggest dunderheads in the world. I could be wrong. Maybe there's one out there that's succeeding. Well, yeah, it's almost like um, just running one restaurant should be fine. Yeah, just you get one. greedy. Like run a, you could run one successful restaurant and you could pay all the people there what you actually owe them. Um, or you could expand as quickly as possible to running as many restaurants as possible and then start trying to figure out which corners to cut uh, in order to make it work, which none of them can do. So anyway, uh, in the seven months up to its collapse on February 10th, Mr. Calabaris's made establishment group had racked up a $4.15 million loss. I thought I read a thing it was like a $45 million um, before its sole millionaire director, Radek Sali, made the call to appoint corporate undertakers. Corporate undertaker? That's pretty cool. It's like a wrestler. I like it. Yeah, you got to hear that big bell bong. Uh-huh. Oh, no. That would be a good tag team between WWE wrestler The Undertaker uh, and former wrestler IRS, mm. um, who mm. was a, he was a big accountant. Um, what was it? What was his? Some wrestler bits just suck. Was he in a suit that was like? Just weirdly proportioned. I'm gonna look that up. You oh yeah, look, look, look up. Mike Rotunda was the name of the the wrestler. Um, but uh, but the character, <laughs> but, but his character's name was o- Owen R. Scheister, IRS. Oh come on! And he was a big buff guy with glasses and like um, a short sleeved business shirt and a tie. Yeah, he looks like Christopher Maloney taking the piss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think you could get IRS and the Undertaker together and have it be a tag team called Corporate Undertakers. Um, anyway, guy Columbus, big dumb piece of shit. Thanks for fucking up all those people's jobs and livelihoods. Um, anyway, the only other point I was going to make about that was um, I feel like there was a lot of like when it was sort of first announced that his shit was all going under. There was a bunch of people saying like, "Oh, so you know." He gets um he gets put on the spot about all of the pay issues, but now all of these people are going to be out of a job, and so you know who's smart now? It's like the guy who who lost forty million dollars of other people's money by running a bunch of restaurants that weren't profitable. Like, were they going to stay open forever? And also, if those restaurants didn't exist, the people would be working for other restaurants that might actually pay them correctly so you never know it's all very dumb could happen it could happen folks hey i got an idea Mm. some good news uh well we're going to have our friend lucy solve a few problems for us not math not math thank you i'm in mensa but it's not my strong point not math mensa (laughs) the other mensa (laughs) Um, how is your math? Are you like me? Uh, bad at it? I'm definitely bad at it. I feel like there's just like a synapse in my brain that's just like not, it's not working. Yeah, I got to work hard to to mm. get any, like mm-hmm. the most rudimentary math. It's very, it's frankly embarrassing. It is a little embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, so instead, we're going to talk about what we do know. And instead, that's the weird sex stuff. Yes. That's right. Good Feels stuff. like it's been years since I've heard that theme. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Everything is moving too fast and we need to, to take time every now and then to do a bit of self-care in the form of our segment, Paging Dr. Lucy. In this which we self-care. ask Lucy to uh, 
dispense self-care? That is not how it works, is it? I don't think so. No. But go ahead. Now, we talked uh, several weeks ago about um, Slate's How to Do It column. Um, I believe I believe we were talking about the, <laughs> the person... The person who um, whose uh, wife w- wanted to have a three-way with her own brother, <laughs> right? And okay. he and he and he was like, "That part's fine, but could it make things awkward between us?" Oh my god! <laughs> oh, good stuff. So here's a question from the same column, and we're going to throw the answer to Lucy. Mm. <clears throat> Should I pause my open marriage? Because of the coronavirus. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Dear how to do it, my husband and I have an open marriage. My mother is immunocompromised. Is it reasonable to ask my husband <laughs> not to swap fluids with his girlfriend until the coronavirus blows over? From Risky Business. I love that that's the question you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem you've taken away from this. Whose um. fluids should be coming into the house? Good grief. I what do you think, Lucy? I know we make fun of the poly thing a lot, which to be clear is completely fine, but it's these <laughs> kinds of people and these kinds of questions where it's like, do you have any other hobbies? Like, is your whole day devoted to like figuring out who you're going to have sex with and when? Like, do anything else. <sighs> Just... Also, it's completely reasonable. I think that's a very reasonable request if this is a serious question. Right. It's a reasonable request and just be like, uh, I'll let you know when to start again. Yes. And then just don't, it just doesn't come up again. So how often is this happening? This is what I don't understand, the logistics. Like, does he live at home with you and then he goes and sees his girlfriend very regularly? Do you have a boyfriend? Does the husband and the girlfriend visit her mother? (laughs) (laughs) Does he bring the girlfriend around to like grandma's house? Bringing Debbie to Sunday dinner. Yeah, I guess here's how here's how I imagine it, right? Mm. Um, I imagine that if you are like we're in an open marriage and I have a girlfriend now, um, that if number one, that if only one of you is seeing somebody else, and that goes on for long enough, that it's like. Hey, you're the hey. cuck in this scenario, one hundred. No, I'm I'm pausing my stuff as well. Don't you worry. No, no, my stuff's all on pause. Yep, That's being the right. being the big person here. Already hit the big pause. Hit button. the big pause button. Um, but I would also imagine that if you were like, we have an open marriage, and I have a girlfriend, I'm going over to her place tonight, uh, and also tomorrow night, and then the night after the night after that, and then for the next four nights, that at some point you'd be like, I kind of feel like you married to her. Surely there is a ratio is what I'm saying. Surely there's a point at which you're like, this is tipped over into now I'm the girlfriend Mm. and she's your wife. You know? Just sounds like a whole lot of stress. Sounds like too much stress. Just pause anything. You don't need to be socializing. You don't need to be doing any of this at any point. Get any other hobby. Any other hobby. Anything else. Just watch a movie. Watch some anime. I've said it before and I'll say it again. There's plenty of anime out there. Well, there's something else you could be doing, but um, unfortunately that has also been affected by Dorona. Uh, This is from Business Insider. For regulars of one monthly San Francisco gathering, the coronavirus outbreak is striking especially close to home. The city's non-sexual cuddle party has oh, been cancelled. Don't ever say that phrase to me ever again. It's so <laughs> offensive. You mean non-sexual cuddle party? You got to smile while I you say it. I hate everything. I want to be dead. You got to smile like someone who has to stay 500 meters away from school. Every guy there it. just has like a free hug sign. <sighs> Oh this is why the, the tech industry is a social dead end because they have to right. construct whatever the fuck this is to like Please just touch me. Like a like a multivitamin for social interaction because they haven't been getting any of it. It's a, it's I, um, a nightmare. I, I I dispute your assertion, Lucy, and mm. I imagine that this is the one place that the guys with free hug signs can put the signs down. Mm. They get to just, you know, they come in and they take the coat off and they hang the coat up and then they just slot their free hug sign in with all the other ones in the cupboard. 
because um, this is the only space where other people have already consented to the hugs. And they don't have to beg them with a sign. Oh my god, I hate it. Non-sexual cuddling. It's like very low on my list of things I ever want to do. Also, also, you cannot even begin to convince me that there is not a boner going on. There's not some kind of sexual aspect to this. Get the fuck out Mm. of here. Errol's just like hopping in their car afterwards, just flooring it to get home as fast as they can. <laughs> I, I got to get back there while there's smells still on me. Oh, no. <laughs> oh continuing here. Uh, the organizer of the Cuddle Party Organization San Francisco branch, Dr. Yoni Alcan. <laughs> oh, we are aware of the word Yoni, right? Yeah, we are. (laughs) I'm sorry, that could just be her name. Oh, my goodness. That's... I couldn't get through that one. Dr. Yoni Alkin told Business Insider that the next scheduled cuddle party slated for Saturday, March 14th, has been cancelled due to coronavirus concerns. Alkin said the March event is the only one to be cancelled for now in an effort to follow the city's recommendation to avoid mass gatherings and practice social distancing. These events are an intimate, non-sexual gathering lasting three to four hours where strangers meet, practice consent, and enjoy human touch at an undisclosed private venue. (laughs) (laughs) I love to practice consent and do human touching at a black site. <laughs> Performing human touching. <laughs> Perform human touching. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just imagining uh, <laughs> once again the house from um, Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Except they're all fully clothed. <laughs> they're all, like, <laughs> all sitting in one room. It's just, just wearing like, a well plague lit. mask. <laughs> Hugging, yeah. Oh, goddamn. I love... I love doing non-sexual touching in an undisclosed location. That is so... Imagine imagine you went to one of these parties. You got all dressed up. You get there. Then you're like, what? No fucking? This is... <laughs> <laughs> I bought the jumbo, what? What? I bought the jumbo I... lube because I thought you were joking. <laughs> this robe cost me $78. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking... All right. I hate this next sentence even more. Um... I feel like uh, in the last couple of weeks, we, we used the phrase like mandatory fun about officers and we all groaned, uh-huh. you know, about anything yep. anything where they make you go out and do a thing. I think this may have just surpassed that in my personal lexicon of hated phrases. Um, these events are part of a trend in the city known as organized intimacy. Oh my God. It's the saddest shit I've ever heard. Organized intimacy. This is this is like either. Surely it's it's either for like mad mad insoles and spinsters and shit, or it's for raw water drinking people with Zuckerberg brain, for who sure. are like, I need to figure out how to reconnect with mm. other humans. I live such an isolated life. I mean, we use social media and we can talk to anyone all across the world, but in a lot of ways. We are more alone than ever. Mm, that is so true. That is absolutely That's the perfect true. pitch for the non-sexual cuddle party, really, isn't it? I'm 100% imagining that that is how they sell this fucking thing. I hate oh, it. goddamn. They are generally held once a month with around 30 people typically in attendance. I bet these uh, cost money. Please just hire a sex worker. You don't need to do this. <sighs> Even if it's for, like, non-sexual touching, hire a sex worker anyway. Put some money back in the economy. God damn. Yeah, that's right. Respect sex workers and pay them for their services, even if that is that you would like to have a nice conversation and just put your arm around somebody's shoulder, maybe have a little hug. You just want a spoon? Pretend you don't have a boner? Get the (laughs) fuck out of here. (laughs) Get out of here. Come on. She can feel it. She can feel it. Um, Crushingly... The ATL orgy is also cancelled. It's just bad news after bad news. (laughs) Uh, Here is a post from its founder, Sydney Green, uh, with the letterhead, (laughs) Erotic Sleepover, presented by Total Liberation. (laughs) Due to the coronavirus crisis, Erotic Sleepover 2020 is cancelled, all caps. Here's the statement from Sydney. 
it is vital to me that each guest feels, all capitals, safe while en route and at my events. With all this fear surrounding the scare quotes virus, I don't see how this is possible. Even though I believe this whole thing is fake. Wow. I cannot ignore the concerns of my supporters. We have never cancelled an erotic sleepover slash ATL orgy before. But due to the fears of our guests, we have no choice but to postpone slash cancel June's event. June's event. June. Wow. Really getting in advance over this. Getting out in front of this thing. I take it seriously. We are not happy about this and cannot wait for virus to vanish into thin air like all others before it. Not sure what that means. Mm. Remember how measles vanished into thin air at some point? Well, it's because we all kind of just got together and went, hey, let's not be scared of this anymore. And then remember, a curse was lifted. Mm. Remember how uh, influenza was a thing for a while and now it's gone, vanished yeah, into we, thin air? Yeah, because we practice self-care now. That's right. We orgied it away. Uh, They continue, I know the power of fear and how it can create illnesses where there are none. That's the scarecrow. That's the scarecrow from Batman. Mm. So again, I'm left with no choice but to begin planning for 2021. 2021? Jesus, just put it back a month. Fucking hell. Uh, P.S. I stand strong in my unpopular views, Mm. (laughs) but as a host, I must put the views of my guests above my own. With much love and regret, Sydney G. So what is Erotic Sleepover 2020? I believe it's an orgy. Like all night? You'll go to a house and fuck? I mean, you can just do that. You can just do that yourself. Just call up some friends. I'm going to arrive and kiss someone on the cheek and just immediately go get in one of the beds and go to sleep. <laughs> just have a little nap. <laughs> Do you mind? Hey, <laughs> I had to get a babysitter for this. <laughs> gonna get. I am going to get a full night's sleep. God damn it. Oh, my goodness. World has gone crazy. Corona sure madness. Has. Orgies cancelled. Non-sexual... Uh, organized intimacy events going off the rails. We hope none of you have coronavirus also. That also Un- seems bad. Unless you go to the cuddle party, in which case you kind of deserve it. I mean, mm. Yikes. If anybody who does attend those cuddle parties hears this and gets the coronavirus and writes to me, I will apologize to you. Uh, really? and you can write to me at mailbag at buntavista.com. Uh, you can also, if you would like an extra episode of the show every goddamn week, you can go to patreon.com slash Vista, slap down five American dollars a month and join, you can join our Discord, you can join our little community, you know? Uh, you can see how all our listeners are freaking out about the coronavirus. Uh, I don't know what they're doing in there actually, Theo. Are they going nuts? Are they are they freaking out? What's going on? In uh, oh look, who's to say? I'm um, sorry, I was kind of tuned out there for a second. What are we talking about again? I thought you the closed Discord, Twitter. the little you freeze. So, oh shit! No, I accidentally opened Twitter again. You Why would fucking. You do this? <sighs> sorry. Oh man, I was going so well. Social distancing. Like an so- hour in. Here's Theo practicing uh, social and mental distancing. As is appropriate. I got a brain that's not good. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and the corona isn't helping. So, thanks for being with us, folks. Uh, catch us on those bonus episodes. Actually, go and check out the old Patreon because for the following month, we're going to be having uh, Social Distancing Month in which we're going to unlock all of the new bonus episodes that we put out uh, so that you can have twice as much material for free. And hey, if you like them, Maybe you'll keep going. Maybe you won't. That's up to you. We'll also uh, crack out some ones from the um, from the archive. Some oh, good bonus episodes. Let the us archive. know if there's one you really want. Yep, we will unfasten uh, the the bra straps of the archive. Let some of them swing free. You know. Mm, I do know. Non-sexually. <laughs> you can non-sexually interact with some of our previous episodes. 
So, you know, we know a lot of people are going to be spending a lot more time at home or by themselves than they normally would. And we would like to make as much content available for you as possible. Please go and check it out at patreon.com slash Vista. And that's it for us. Thanks very much. Uh, Don't panic. Don't panic get, a little bit. Panic a little bit, panic but like right not. Amount. Don't do it out at the store where it's embarrassing. Yeah, please don't do that. Don't don't get filmed. Leave some bloody over, toilet paper for the rest of us. Don't get filmed fighting over toilet paper or pasta sauce or whatever. You will look like a goddamn fool. Mm. You'll be online and we'll all be like, oh, "Look at this clown." Fucking this guy. If we see it, we will say they don't listen to our show. <laughs> to anybody who's listening. Um, so that's it for us. Stay safe. Uh, be good. Oh, I hear a siren in the background. That's yeah, yeah, that's me. That's terrible. The fire, that's the fire department. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, we better go. See you, everybody. Bye. Bye.